Thank you for the introduction. That's kind of hard, a hard thing to step into. But um, I, I, loving the Lord with all your mind, I um, will say that I had way too much material, and I tried to pull it in, but we're going to be going fast because there's so much I want to share with you. <laughs> all right. Um, Matthew 22:37. you find it in some of the other Gospels, too. Love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. What a great commandment to have been meditating on this summer. And what does this mean? What does this mean for us? I spoke with Kay Wyma about what she did with loving the Lord with all your heart. And I thought her Corazon cleanse was a great idea. And I understand that some of you really took it up the challenge to go through it and... There was a blog on it and everything, and, and that is great. And she said that she felt like the best way to fall in love with the Lord is to fall in love with His Scripture. thought that was super. And then um, I have not spoken with Judy Wimberly, but as I thought about what does it look like to love the Lord with all your soul, sometimes it says spirit. Well, the soul is the essence of who we are, and it seems to me that if I really believed the Lord, and, um, and that was it essence of who I am, that I belong to him, that I'm a daughter of a king, then that should affect, if I really rested in that, then that should affect everything I do. Um, how I think about myself, how I think about the circumstances around me. He chose me, and he sent his son. I mean, he, here he's the king of the whole universe. He chose me, and he sent his son to die for me. And he sent his Holy Spirit, who is his great counselor, to be here, to encourage me, to protect me, to help me until he returns. And I will share heaven with him. And if that was really reality to me, am I echoing because I am to myself? Okay. Um, then all the hang-ups of my life would, would seem, and, and most of my hang-ups have to do with comfort and security of myself and my children. Um, that would all kind of seem very small compared to being a princess of the, the Lord God Almighty. So that's loving the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul is a little bit of review. Um, today we're going to talk about loving the Lord with all your mind. About a month before Holly called me, I came across in a, um, a devotional I was reading at the time, a little paragraph or the devotional for the day that really just kind of, you know how sometimes you come across something and it just kind of stops you. And this is what it said. Most Christians give their spirit and heart to the Lord and they keep their head to themselves. And we need to be, we need to be delivered from the natural mind as well as the natural heart. Our intellect must be sanctified by being slain and replaced with the mind of Christ. The only remedy for bad, remedy for bad thoughts is to stop thinking our own thoughts and wait for him to give us his mind. You shall come to the point where you're afraid to think at all until God first thinks in you. And so I, I, I was like, okay, I'm not there. <laughs> I'm not there at all. And, um, and I just thought, have I given my mind to the Lord? And the devotion hit me hard because I have a very active mind. And it is a blessing, but it's also a shortcoming. As, as you all probably know, that most of our strengths do become our weaknesses. And that's why the devotion hit me so much, that I, I've given the, my heart to the Lord, no question. And, I've, and I really believe that all the promises, but I have kept my mind to myself. In many ways, I have. 
Um, and so that's what I was chewing on when Holly called me and I said, absolutely, I want to speak on loving the Lord with all your mind because I want to, I knew if I had to prepare for this talk then I would be chewing on it and, and reading about it and meditating on it and, and I wanted for the Lord to continue to grow me in that area. Um, so the first thing I have to say with you is that um, if I have anything to share with you, I'm only about four months ahead of you on this, <laughs> um, but I will share well, what I have come to try to work into my life in the last four months. So um, I thought maybe I kind of did the outline according to the questions, who, what, when, why, where, how. And the first one is um, I thought maybe we should start with why should we think about our thinking. And the first answer is, um, I mean, because I can imagine somebody might be out there saying, you know, why should we think about our thinking? I mean, it's just inside. It doesn't affect anybody. You know, what's the big deal? And so the first one I want to answer is because he commands it. Um, Do not fret because of evil men. Do not be anxious about anything. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, etc. The Lord commands it, and we we want to obey his commands. The second is that we will be held accountable. Scripture tells us that as believers, all believers will be saved, but there will um, come a time when we, when we stand beside the Lord and we, he looks over our lives and blesses us for those times we were obedient. And I don't know what he does when we're sad, but I, um, I mean, when we, on the things that we have erred in, but I have a feeling that he will just look at us with great sadness. And I don't, I don't want that. So, um, I want to live now to minimize that disappointment and to maximize that joy. Thirdly, the Lord sees now our thoughts, not just then when we stand before him, but he sees now. He sees our negative thoughts, our jealousy, our bitterness, and it affects our relationship with him now. I can't go through the day with his peace if I'm replaying a disturbing movie over and over in my mind that day. it, It affects my relationship with him now. Okay, one through three kind of dealt with our relationship with the Lord. Number four is our relationship with ourselves. Um, Our mind does affect us. It affects our peace, our joy, our contentment. Our minds keep us up at night and deprive us of the sleep that we need and bring dark circles under our eyes. Our minds bring us worry and wrinkles. Our minds affect our heart rate, our blood pressure, our attitude. It, It does affect us, so that's the fourth reason. And then um, it affects our relationship with others. Now, I tend to think that what goes on in my mind stays in my mind, but it just isn't so. Um, about, and let's see, it was in 2000, I think, I don't know how long ago it was, that there was a movie called What Women Want. Did any of y'all see that? Mel Gibson and Helen Hunt. And, with, and in the movie, a freak accident allowed Mel Gibson to hear what women were thinking. And there is a scene, there's a scene of a lady, she's kind of like a bellhop, who is mentally Googling over him while he, she just has a deadpan expression on her face and she's not saying anything, but she's saying anything, but she's mentally Googling over him. And he, um, you know, he can hear this. And then another scene where his daughter's friend is just, you know, raking him over the coals in her mind, but she's one of those kind of polite teenagers who doesn't say anything directly to him. And I'm not sure I really recommend the movie, but it did make me stop and think, what if? What if there were people out there that could read my mind, but I don't really know who it was? Would it make me more careful of what goes on in my mind? It would. (laughs) But the next point that goes is, 
what goes in, on in our mind does affect the people out there, and so we should be more careful of our mind. Um, so how do you think it affects the people around us? Here's time for you to brainstorm. Have you seen this in your, where something that's going on in your mind, you, you saw that it affected other people around you, your children, your husband? Yes, yes. It preoccupies us and it robs us from giving full attention to who we're with. Yes, it affects our actions. Yes, that's a great. It, it makes us worry and then we lose sleep and we're not very pleasant to those around us. Okay, um, I, I, some that I put down. A, it informs our decisions, um, what we do, say, or act. The mind controls our heart, our will, our words, our actions. So it, it does inform. I mean, just like the passive-aggressive was an excellent example. You think it's up there, and, you, you know, you may not, you know, really get angry at somebody, but passively-aggressive, you're acting differently or just you're not giving the full attention. So it does affect our, our actions. And even when we try to keep it insi- inside, it usually doesn't stay there. The Bible, um, I, the green sheet is some Bible verses that I'm going to refer to, but and, and other ones that have to do with the mind. But um, tells us that we can look pretty clean on the outside. They're, they're in order, biblical order, so I'll just be jumping around. Um, we can look pretty clean on the outside, but what comes out of the inside is what makes a man unclean. I've heard it described this way. We're like a beautiful vessel filled to the brim. We may look exquisite on the outside, but the real question is, what spills out when we're jostled? And that was that image is convicting to me, is that you know, I can pull it together and look good up here, and, but you know, what comes out when I'm you know, jostled or when carpool's running late or you know, when I run into something, that's what is really going on on the inside, and it comes out. Um, and even when it doesn't spill over, I'm convinced it comes out in our face and our eyes. A couple of weeks ago, we were at the Schlitterbahn. It was our first time to go to that water park. And at least at Six Flags, you have to wear a cover-up over your swimsuit. But at the Schlitterbahn, you don't. And there were plenty of swimsuits that needed a cover-up. And it really didn't help the fact that we were taking my 13-year-old son for a weekend to discuss purity as he was you know, going into the teenage years. We, sh- we should have known. Um, it's not the smartest thing in the world to cap off the weekend with a visit to a water park <laughs> where you spend hours in line watching these teenage girls that in their itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny, yellow polka dot bikinis. But um, at one point I was watching this young couple, and the girl, the girl couldn't have been older than 12 or 13, and her boyfriend, and, and her boyfriend was pulling her body close to his. And, I mean, you can imagine what was going on in my mind. I was like, does she know what he's doing? <laughs> And if they're doing this in public, what are they doing in private? And she's way too young to be caught in this already. (laughs) And then the guy caught me looking at him. And immediately I was convicted that that boy knew exactly what was going on in my mind without my face ever. I mean, without without saying a word, but just in my eyes. I know that he knew what I was thinking. And then the next thought was, I'm supposed to be Christ's representative. And I'm convinced that Christ had the ability to deeply love every person he met. And we, we get the impression that everybody that came across Jesus was deeply moved, whether positively or negatively. And I think you know what it looks like when somebody is just in love with somebody else and just the gaze they could give to that person 
or when a mother is looking at her child and just the, the gaze and the love that, well, that is not what that young boy was seeing on my face. <laughs> um, and if Jesus was there, the boy might have seen concern, he might have seen sadness, but keep on checking what goes on in here because it comes out here on your face, even when it doesn't come out in a word or an action. So a good check on your mind is to ask yourself, am I willing for others to see what's going on in my mind? And the next step, others probably can see what's going on in my mind better than I think they can. So I better change my mind so that I am willing for others to see what's going on in my mind. Okay, y'all with me up to this point? All right, let's go on. But what in our thinking should change? So here's the what question. So now that we've laid the groundwork and hopefully y'all are all on the same page that we should check what's going on in our mind, um, I want to stop and ask y'all to do some self-inventory so that the rest of our time is not just theoretical. You're really saying, okay, this is what I want to work on today. So my question is to spend a few minutes. I'll start us off in a prayer, and then I want you to spend a few minutes just praying about or thinking about, okay, what are one or two areas that I'd like to change my thinking about? And I've listed some examples. I'm sure there's others. Um, and so, if you, um, so that would be great. I'm going to ask you afterwards to turn to somebody and share one or two. Now, you don't have to give specifics. I'm not asking everybody to confess sin. But all of us should be able to come up with one or two areas, you know, negative thoughts or um, jealousy or um, worry or anxiety or whatever that you would like to change in your thinking. So let's just pray for a few minutes. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you care about our hearts, our souls, our minds. You care about it all because you want us to be more like Christ. And Father, I ask that you just give us wisdom today to know what areas in our mind we need to work on so that we can have the joy and the, and the radiance and the freedom of, of being more like Christ and less like our natural selves. I ask that you out touch each woman here and just give her a little whisper of an area where she um, would be so much happier if she changed her thinking. Um, we ask that you come. We, we ask that you come now in your son's name. Amen. Okay, so spend just a few minutes working on what you think you'd like to work on. Some of you might know, know immediately. Some might need to think about it a little bit. Okay. Are there any that somebody came up with that they'd be willing to share that are not on this list? A new idea that's not on this list. Alright. Somebody want to just call out something? You don't have to, but you want to just call out something that your table seems... Starting school, starting kindergarten. That's great. Yes. Okay, not being present with your husband because of plans of what what's next or what just happened. Yeah. Okay, and then um, anything else? Does somebody want to share something else? All right. Okay, the next, so these are some things. Now you kind of have a 
know what we're really talking about practically. Instead of just a theoretical talk, you can say, okay, how, how, how do I do this? So the next question, the next statement is how we take control of our minds. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the point of the whole day. How do we do this? How do, we take, how do I change my thinking? About a week ago, I heard a woman sharing a little bit of her life, and she referred to her stinking thinking <laughs> and how it got it off track. And I like that, our stinking thinking. Where do we have stinking thinking, and what can we do about it? What do you do when you can't seem to get these thoughts off of your mind? Well, the first thing we talked about and we've done is identifying where our thinking needs to change or at least how much time we spend on thinking about something. So something might be fine to think about, but it's just that we go over it and over it and over it and over it. Um, and the first answer I would say is to pray. Philippians 4, 6, and this is on your sheet. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer. And right now I'm just going to stop there, by prayer. Um, the first way to stop being anxious or to stop thinking wrong thoughts is prayer. Turn your thoughts into prayer. So somebody mentioned back to school and starting kindergarten. Well, my, this is very minor, but it's really gotten me worked up, is my afternoon carpool. Because um, I'm a master of working out carpools. I'm very organized. And to me, usually they're like jigsaw puzzles, and I get all excited to figure out how it's all going to work together. <laughs> but this year I have some missing pieces because my daughter's going to, the school she went to only went to eighth grade. She's going to high school, and we, you know, so she, we know nothing about when she's really going to get out because she has athletics last period. And so there's some missing pieces, and the pieces keep changing shape. Like we think it's going to be this, and then oh no, the coach really keeps them for 20 more minutes. And I've got another son in athletics at another school that gets out about the same time, and you know, so I can't I can't work this jigsaw puzzle, but it has gotten me going. And um, it keeps me up at night. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out these. And usually, if I think hard enough, I can work the jigsaw puzzle. But, I, you know, I keep saying, if I just keep, you know, there's got to be some way. And who could I carpool with? Or, you know, how does that deal with my third son who really needs to get home and start his homework? And, you know, and so um, it doesn't need to be driving around to all these different places picking up people. And so... Um, but I find myself that I have to force myself to pray. Just turn it into prayer. Um, Lord, thank you that I have healthy kids that can do athletics. Um, thank you that these things always seem to work out. And that I don't need to be thinking about it at midnight. <laughs> so, please, and I heard once, there's nothing scriptural to back this up, but that, that Satan will make you go to sleep because he don't want you praying. <laughs> so, I don't know that Satan can make us go to sleep, but um, anyway, and I just start praying about it and just, you know, praying about it. Now, prayer can be a funny thing. There was a um, well-known female speaker giving a speech on stage about prayer and turning your thoughts. I mean, she compared our thoughts as burdens, like suitcases, and turning our thoughts over, turning your burdens over to the Lord. And she used suitcases to demonstrate her point. And so at the end of this at the end of her speech, she picked up all her props and she picked up all her suitcases and walked off the stage. And there was a man at the bottom of the stage who said, what struck me is that you gave all your burdens to the Lord, but then you picked them up again. <laughs> and I was, I, that's me. <laughs> I, I give them to the Lord and then I take them back again. <laughs> and I give them to the Lord and then I take them back again. So another trick I have learned when I 
my prayer doesn't seem to stick is that I learn to bring physical action to it. And sometimes I just, I literally do this. I'll sit in bed and I'll do palms up and palms down. And it will say, Lord, I'll say something like, Lord, fill me with your spirit and let me release this. Or, um, you know, just thank you for your blessings and I, and help me just relax and know that this will work out. Just, or just anything that what, I mean, Lord, please, the other night it was just like, Lord, thank you for, thank you how great you are, please let me sleep. Thank you how great you are, please let me sleep. I mean, I just, that the physical, maybe the rhythm or something, it just the, the in and out, the in and out, breathing in and out. Y'all, all of y'all who are about to have babies, you know that, breathing in and out, in and out. Um, so turn your thoughts into prayers. If you're anxious, pray about it. If you have negative thoughts about it, about someone, pray for them. It's very hard to continue to be negative about somebody that you are praying faithfully for. If you have unforgiveness, pray for forgiveness. If you have an active mind and you just have too many thoughts running around, turn them into prayer. What a great prayer warrior you would be if you really turned all those thoughts into prayer. The second solution is to replace it. Now, um, most of y'all have heard that it's next to impossible to stop thinking about something. So I want everybody in the room to visualize a large pink elephant stuffed animal that's about this big right here. Okay, y'all got that in your mind? Okay, now I want you to stop thinking about it. Don't think about that pink elephant. You know, get it out of your mind. Don't think about it. Um, it's just a little silly exercise to say it's very hard to stop thinking about that unless you start thinking about something else. You've got to replace it. Um, if, you, if you have something that stinks, you know, that stinking thinking, if you have something that stinks, then take out the trash. Get rid of it. But you've got to replace it with something new or the trash will creep back in, especially when thinking is so strong. Uh, about three weeks ago, Todd Wagner in the sermon, our pastor in the sermon, showed a message about TV and our culture, about how our culture, in t- it's just screaming at us, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Y'all remember that? Look at me. I can give you romance. Look at me, you've got to have this kind of purse. Look at me, you need this shade of skin. Look at me, your child needs to talk, walk, whatever, at this certain stage of life. The only thing powerful enough to replace that strong of a message is God, who doesn't say, look at me, look at me. He says, come to me. Come to me. Come to me and let us make a covenant. Come to me, my beloved, my bride. Come to me and I will make you fishers of men. Come to me, all ye who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. In the junior high department, they teach the kids that if you've got negative thoughts going on in your mind, then find a structure that looks like a cross. So whether, you know, like this beam, see how this beam, the ceiling makes a cross. They, they say, look at the architecture about you. Find a cross and focus on that cross to get your mind off of what it shouldn't be on. Um, another way to do it is, um, can somebody back there, I don't know if y'all even, well, y'all are going to laugh at me, this Walkman tape recorder, when you're my age, we used to, can y'all, that back table, can you hold it up? We used to have tape recorders. Now, I'm laughing because, you know, that's so antiquated. But imagine, you know, a tape recorder where you turn off one tape and turn on another. If you're having negative thoughts, you know, I visually picture myself, I am not going to listen to that. I am turning off that tape and I'm putting another tape in. So on an iPod, I am deleting that, so 
song and I'm turning on another song. And I, I'm very visual. Most, a lot of my examples will be visual, but I, I picture myself actually you know, turning it off or deleting it or taking it out. Um, and if it keeps jumping back on, which it will, you just picture yourself turning it off again. I mean, just go through these exercises. Philippians 4, again, um, continues. Don't be anxious, but pray about everything. And when you jump to verse 8, and that got cut off, so here's what verse 8 says. Um, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Replace it which is pure, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. Think about these things. So, in other words, it doesn't really help if I try to get you to stop thinking about a pink elephant to say, okay, now we're going to think about a purple rhinoceros. You know, that you need to replace it with more productive, more positive things. If I'm thinking about, okay, I'm going to stop thinking about afternoon carpool by thinking about morning carpool, you know, that really doesn't do a lot of good. So, the next question is, okay, what are you going to replace it with? Or, more precisely, whose thoughts are you going to replace it with? And the obvious answer is God's or Christ's. Um, whose thoughts should we think? Going back to the devotional that convicted me, you know, that I read at the beginning, it was talking about slaying our own intellect. Now, slay is kind of an old-fashioned word for, you know, killing our own intellect. And you've heard the expression, you need to die to yourselves. And you all do this so well with your children. I mean, you give up your life for your child. But we need to do this in other areas of, uh, as well. I'm going to give up my thinking about how I wish I could lose 10 pounds because it's just, taking, it's just making me obsessive. Or I'm going to give up my thinking about I sure wish that we could live in a larger house because it's getting crowded. I mean, just whatever you think you need to change, you just need to say, I'm going to choose to, to slay that. Um, and the devotional went on, the only remedy for bad thoughts is to stop thinking all our own thoughts and wait. And that's the hardest part is to wait. To wait for the Lord to give, him, to, to give us his mind. Sometimes the hard part is turning off the recorder, but sometimes it's waiting to hear what he wants you to play instead. And then the devotional went on, you come to the point where you're afraid to think at all until God first thinks in you. Now, there are a lot of times that I'm afraid to act because I don't really know what the next thing to do is. And there have been times, probably not enough, but some, where I'm afraid to speak because I thought I might say something that wouldn't come across right and might hurt somebody else. But I am so in this process of being afraid to think. I'm not there yet. (laughs) Um, But it's it's my goal that I would just so um, give my mind to the Lord that I said, Lord, I don't even want to think about this until I can get your thoughts until I get, can get my hands around what your thoughts would be. Okay, and here's what I do do sometimes. Um, raise your hand if you know what WWJD stands for. Is that everybody? Okay. Y'all were really young when this came out, about 13 or 14 years ago. And WWJD means what would Jesus do? At least that's when, it was, that's when I noticed it being really a big thing. And they're, you know, they're, they're, sometimes you'll see bracelets or bumper stickers or pencils. And um, I'm not usually one for fads. In fact, it usually kind of makes me cringe and want to run the opposite direction. But that little saying has really helped me. 
when I'm when I'm you know stuck on a decision or um, if I don't feel like forgiving someone, um, what would Jesus do? If my children are acting entitled, what would Jesus do? And a lot of times, it's, I, I can't really find an answer in the Gospels, but I think, what would God do? His children were the children of Israel. What did he do when they were feeling entitled and complaining? Um, if it's bedtime, I'm exhausted, and I just want to put them into bed and collapse myself, but one of my children wants to talk, what would Jesus do? Okay, so for now, the last four months, I've been trying to change that a little bit. What would Jesus think? You know, not what would Jesus do, but what would Jesus think? Now, at first, it might seem kind of arrogant to think that I can think, what would Jesus think? <laughs> but that I could get inside the head of God and figure out what he would think. But that's what he wants us to do. He tells us to have the mind of Christ. And so he's obviously equipped us if he tells us to do that. So then the next question, going through our questions, is where, where do we find the thoughts of God? And, um, you know, uh, this is a question for y'all. Where do you find what would Jesus think? Bible? Okay, I'm going to list this 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, because I want to, you know, kind of hit the climax at the end. The first place um, is, I said, building blocks. You find out what would Jesus think by going to building blocks or sermons or written out Bible studies, devotionals, journey entries. And I'm going to take a little rabbit trail here to talk about something that concerns me. Nothing, those are all great places that nothing is a substitute for the Word of God. God doesn't want your only relationship with Him to be through Todd Wagner or Beth Moore or building blocks. He wants you. If you only have a few seconds, don't read the journal journey entries. Read the journey scripture reading for the day. If you have time to do both, super. But if you only have time to do one, do the reading for the day. If you only have five minutes, don't pick up the devotional on your bedside. Pick up the Bible. The devotional is wonderful words. You know, I've referred to one that really hit me. They're wonderful words, but they're from a mere man or woman. The scripture is living and active, and it's your love letter from your God. Now, imagine that you had a loved one serving in Iraq. Husband, son, brother. And he sends you a letter every day. And his letters are sometimes hard to read, and um, they seem a little outdated. And um, because by the time they get to you, those those things that happened were several weeks ago. And so when he gets home, you tell him, you know, I have all the letters right here on my bedside table. But instead of reading them, reading them, I read online what was going on that day in Iraq. And sometimes I would even ask my Bible study leader or my pastor. Um, or Kyle Kegler, <laughs> to read the letters for me and tell me about what you had to say. Now, if you, you know, that would be ridiculous, and that would be so hurtful to the person who had written you that letter day after day. But um, sometimes we do that with the Lord. If you want to know the mind of God, go directly to the source. Okay, number four, list of verses. Um, I, I've, in your appendix, you'll see a list of verses on topics that are common for hurts, like worry or grief or anxiety. Um, That's a great way to say, look, I am really grieving over this. You know, what would be some Bible verses that would be good for me to meditate on? Many, um, many, many, many Bibles have concordances in the back of your Bible that that have that, Um, the same thing. You can look up a topic, and they'll give you some verses on that. Um, 
Bible.com or BibleGateway.com. And I would use both. When I was preparing this lecture, like, I, forgive was not, I did forgive. No, unforgiveness. I can't remember exactly what word, but I think it was forgive, and it didn't come up with anything. And I was like, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> and I tried different translations, and I don't know. But then I went to the other one, and I went back and forth. So try both of them. BibleGateway.com, Bible.com. You type in the word, and it'll bring up verses that have that. But, but the Bible was not written one verse at a time. It was written a book at a time. It wasn't meant for you to hopscotch from this verse to that verse for this, to this verse. So read the verse in context of at least a paragraph because you could, really, you could really not understand the verse. Like there's a verse that says, there is no God. The rest of it is, saith the fool. <laughs> but you could really get off if you just take that little clip. So read the context. Okay, two, five, four, three, two. Ask him to bring it to mind. Lord, please bring to mind what would you would think on this matter. James 1 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. John 14:26 says, the Holy Spirit will bring to your, your remembrance all that I said to you. But if, there's, but if there's no familiar passage in your mind, he can't bring it forward. Um. You've got to read the Bible. You've got to slow down and become familiar with some of these stories and verses that are speaking to you or have spoken to you. So familiar that they're, that they're, your, they're in your memory. And then you can think his thoughts instead of your thoughts. Okay, um, we're going to get to more about the scripture memory later, so I'm going to go on. Okay, so, so the second one is... Ask the Lord to bring things to mind. And then the first one, what I would say, is, is to whatever you're reading today. That, that is the best place to go to the Lord, whatever you're reading today. The Word is living and active. It's not an encyclopedia that we reference when we want to look up something. And it's not a history book of something long ago. And it's not even a magic formula book where if we find the right verse or the right formula, it will magically make our problems disappear. Sometimes I think we find it boring or disappointing because that's what we're looking for. It's a daily love letter where he has a word for you today. And he wants you to tap into his mind. And through that love and his mind, then you'll start having his thoughts and his words and his wisdom. So, um, and this isn't you know, some mystical thing that happens. It happens in our other close relationships. You know, you all hit the nail on the head about starting school and I'm in that, too, a little bit older. My kids are a little bit older, but still, you know, the back to school. And each commitment that we had made, they seemed to, well, really, we want you here 30 minutes late, and really, we're going to stay an hour longer. And just, it, and I just felt pulled. And, and then I went into my daughter's room, who's starting a new high school this week, and I just felt so pulled. And what I real, I mean, I was feeling panicked about this talk because I had all this material, and it hadn't come down yet into the way I wanted it, and and I just went to bed with um, I, I just went to bed with tears in my eyes because I I was probably because I was still in fire for myself <laughs> and um, and it was 11:30 and my husband you know he goes what's wrong he he was already there but he kind of woke up and he said a few words of comfort and that's what I needed most he didn't have a specific solution for my daughter's issue or a specific word for my my son's attitude. He didn't even promise to help me out with a school meeting. He just had a paragraph of his love letter to me. I love you. You're mine. Now come to me and let's get some rest. 
And that's what the Lord does. I love you. You belong to me. Now come to me, and I will give you rest. So, the most important way to know God's mind is to be daily in his word. Okay, I know others have spoken to you about getting into the Word, and we're going to have some table talk time now for y'all to share what works with you <clears throat> to stay consistently in the Word. Because, you know, with the, with the world saying, look at me, look at me, look at me, it's so easy to not do that consistently. So just a few minutes, if somebody can share the plan they have or what, what helps them make this consistent. Okay, I'm going to um, pull y'all's attention back up here. Anybody have one that they want to share? Okay, I'm going to list some that I thought of. Obviously, the journey. Our church is going through the journey. They've kind of, every year they lay out some scripture that we can read. It's about 10 verses a day. In your packet, um, I've listed, starting today, through the end of the year, what the passages are. Because I, I found the journey hard by the time I'm on, I'm on email, I'm no longer, you know, reading my Bible. And so if I'm on email and find out what the scripture is, then it's kind of hard for me to go back to the Bible. So this lists the Bible references for you, for the journey. Um, another way to do it is one chapter a day. My 13-year-old has been doing this for three to four years. Y'all can, y'all can do it too. One chapter a day. And he's finished the Bible and started again. Um, read the Bible in a year. There's lots of plans out there. You can get Google, just Google it through the Bible in a year. And I think a lot of times they have like a little, a psalm passage and a proverb. They have a little bit of Old Testament, a little bit of New Testament, um, and you can get through the Bible in a year. Read the New Testament six times through. Just read it six times through. It's a, if you, repetition gets things in your mind. Um, but, but then after you do that, then go to the Old Testament. Don't just the Old Testament is part is part of God's wisdom too. The New Testament builds on the Old Testament. Um, get into a Bible study that that makes you read a little bit um, every day. I, I would warn you against getting in a Bible study that all you're reading is that person's opinion. Get into a Bible study that makes you read a little bit every day. Okay, and then the one everybody's different. I'm not saying my way is best at all. There's, there's, you know, 40 of us in here. There's probably 40 different ways. But the one that I have found works with me. And I'll admit, I do not read the Bible every day. There's days I miss, and then I feel guilty. And so I have found that this works for me. It's a, bi- it's a book a month. Now, there's 66 books of the Bible, and you can get through the Bible in five years. So if it's a short book like Philippians, I go over it and over it and over it. And I might buy a little... Um, study guide to go with it because there's because it's so short I can go deeper. If I go through the book of Isaiah, I go through it more quickly. But for me, and there's some like Isaiah and Psalms, I take two months. But for me, if I miss a day, then it's like okay, then I do more the next day, or I just break it into four and say this is what I need to read this week. Um, you know, some people do it Monday through Friday, and then. You know, the weekends is just hard to get to it or whatever. I wish I did it every day. I feel like the Lord is saying, what, you don't need me today? <laughs> but I'll have to admit to you, I don't. So, um, so this is what's helpful to me. You have this in your appendix, and this is how it works. If there's a chart, there's, you know, five years. 
I don't go Genesis through Revelation. If I'm in a if I'm in a Bible study and they're studying Isaiah, then I do Isaiah that month. Or if my child is having to is memorizing a, a verse in Sunday school on Ephesians, I might do Ephesians that month. And um, uh, and that and this is you know I'm in my this is my 20th year of doing this, so I've done four rotations of this. And now, you know, I have only a few books to choose from that are left because I'm a fifth year. <laughs> but um, this is what has worked for me to stay consistently in the Bible and the whole Bible. And I tend to say, okay, I've done New Testament for a couple months. Let's do some Old Testament. And, and I might do Genesis. You know, some of the books kind of go together, like First and Second Samuel. I might do First Samuel 1. Now, um, five goes into actually 60 12 times, so some of them you have to double up on because there's 66 books, but one book a month. Okay, now I'm going to also give you a twist. Um, Right before my daughter was born, I heard this, and I was like, this is great. Um, take Take a new Bible with margins, and as you're going through it, write notes to your child in it. So my daughter, so right before my daughter was born, I start, you know, I started and went through five years in the Bible of writing notes to her. Things like, I prayed for you for this today. Or, you know, this reminds me of your grandmother. This character quality reminds me of your grandmother because of da-da-da. Or just sometimes underlined it and said, I don't really understand this. <laughs> you know, just, just notes. And then when she was five, I put it aside. I got a new Bible, and I started it with my son. And then when I finished his Bible, I put it aside and got a new Bible and started with my third son. And, so and, they're, and they're asking me, when do we get it? And I said, I don't know, 16 or 21 or something. But they're in the safe. And, um, and just five years of notes. And what a treasure to give to your child that you just n- notes that you've taken in the, with them in mind. Yes. Um, actually, lighter, That's great. Um, yes. And I date, I date, like if I'm, you know, like this month, I'll, I dated eight, you know, ten. Eight of 2010. So he can kind of figure out how old was I when my mom was reading that. Okay, so that's a twist. It doesn't matter. This is, I mean, everybody's going to be different. It, it, um, just pick one that works for you. And, and don't feel like you have to stick for it forever. I think that after this rotation, I'm going to do something different. So, but just pick something that works for you. All right. Okay, so we're going to review the process. First, we realize that there's something not right with our thinking. Stinking thinking or just too much thinking or, you know, I I heard somebody else say, um, they were talking about their thinking and they said, my thinking is my drinking. And I was like, that is me. That is me. I mean, I just... I think, and I think, and I think, and I think. And I was like, okay, if, if I've done one thing from speaking this morning, it's the Lord is convicting me. Stop thinking so much. <laughs> so, and sometimes it's not bad things, but it's just too much. Okay. Find and meditate on the scripture that applies to our situation or circumstances. As we t- spend time meditating on verses, they will become more and more familiar until they become part of our thinking, even committed to memory. Ask God to bring the verses to our minds in the midst of thinking about the issues that concern us. And God is so faithful in this. And then three, pray. Pray, and we turn off our own thinking and decide to stand on these verses alone, claiming the example or the promise of the lesson they bring. So pray and replace. Okay, next question. When do you do this? 
Okay, ladies, daily, hourly, every five to ten minutes. <laughs> you know, I, I had to go back over and over and over about the same things. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure I'll get better at it, but I'm also sure it'll be a lifelong struggle for me and a lifelong process. So just know that you're not going to just master it. Um, you just continue to give your mind to the Lord. Okay, and now I'm going to say, I mean, now. We're going to do it now. So we're going to take um, about 10 minutes. That's okay. We're going to take, I, I don't know how much. I'll, I'll figure it out. To, we're going to memorize some scripture this morning. Because um, this is so, I remember once asking a lady, I was going through a very dark time of my life, and um, an older woman who was mentoring me said, I, you need to start memorizing some scripture, and here's a, here's a chapter I want you to memorize. And I said, why do I need to memorize it if I know where to go find it? And she said, because there's so many times that you can't physically go find it. You're laying awake at night. You're not going to turn on the light and say, what? But if you, if you say those verses in your mind, then they're there. Or you're driving, you're getting gas, and, um, or you're, you know, you're in the grocery store line. And I said, go on gas, and they come and help you fill up your car. But that didn't happen anymore, so I have to change my illustrations. You're in the grocery store line. And the person is saying something, and you and you are thinking, now what? Now what was that verse? You know, and and you can have a fitting word for that person if it's in your mind, but you you're not going to say, just a minute, I want to go get my Bible out of my car and come back and share something with you. Um, you can have a fitting word. So memor- memorizing is very important. Something I wish I had um, shared with y'all, and I thought about it late, late last night, and the handouts were already in. Is it is not. It, Children can start memorizing scripture at two. I read that once, and they said, start with Psalm 23. Now, let me tell you, two of my children can memorize Psalm 23 at two, and one of them could not. So, try it. Please try it. You'd be amazed. And then don't get frustrated if your child can't, because some of them can and some of them can't. But start early, and then if, and have them be memorizing with you. I'm going to give you some things, some of the scriptures that are recommended for children. I wish I had put this in a handout. I didn't, so you have to write this in. John 3.16. Psalm 23. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Psalm 1. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Exodus 20, 1 through 17. Now, that's the Ten Commandments, and you might find a simpler version that leaves out some of the verbiage. John 1, 1 through 5, and verse 14. Look those over, and, and, and those are the verses that I would encourage to start with children. Um, of course, if they're four, more of these would apply. If they're two, less of them would apply. Um, okay, there's different ways to memorize. Kinesthetically, acting things out. Um, my children have learned without even knowing they have learned. That, if y'all heard Romans 16:19 says, Romans 16:19 says, "Be excellent. If what is good, be innocent of evil." Okay, and then the end it says, "For the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet." For the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. Well, you know, they have all those motions down, and they know that scripture memory, and they didn't even know they were learning it. So kinesthetically, if you can put actions to it, 
even for yourself if you're memorizing something. You know, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You know, put, put actions to it. Okay, um, now orally, um, I'm going to say visually for last. I'm a visual learner, but orally. Even though I'm a visual learner, orally helps me a lot. And, and when I, my kids are trying to learn something for school, you know, Gettysburg Address or whatever, this helps too. And I, I record it on a tape recorder. Most of you have iPhones that you can record things on. And then I play it over and over and over. Um, because if I'm in the car, visually makes me have to stop and look at it. But orally, I can play it while I'm doing something else. And so, um, orally, music. Now, I'm, I'm going to play something for us. We're going we're gonna to learn our first. I'm not very tech savvy. Matthew 5 Together, blessed are. See, isn't that easy? <laughs> okay, that was. Anybody remember where it was? The Attitudes, Matthew five eight. Okay, music is great. I still remember things from a long time ago because they were music. Yes. Um, you know what? I borrowed this from my sister-in-law this morning. It's seeds of, seeds of faith. Seeds family worship. S-E-E-D-S. Um, Stormy O'Martian used to have um, Bible verses she put to um, music for exercise, but that was before she wrote and became so popular as an author. I think it was her, and I can't even find those anymore. Um, but you, uh, I'm, there's lots out there. Yes. Great. There's some on the Watermark website of, of verses. That's super. So um, music is a great way because that's orally. Visually, okay. What we're uh, visually, um, I, when I'm memorizing something, I type it out in the phrases that make sense to me. So I don't do it just in a paragraph form. Seeing it visually and even in different colors helps me memorize. On, on the tables, I put you know some tape recorder, some visual, some flip cards. Some people like flip cards. Um, my mom, the grandmother, has given my children um, pillowcases with scripture on it. And we would, you know, as I'm putting them to bed at night, we go, and, and these pillowcases, the reason I brought them is because they have, like instead of sun, they'll have a picture of a sun. So people who, you know, can memorize better when they see pictures instead of words. Um, I, I talked with somebody who said that she memorizes by counting syllables. If you're into that, I'm, she, you know, 
she puts it into each line is five syllables, and that's how she memorizes. So what we're going to do, we're going to have some hands-on here. I want you to go, every table has some cards, and I had hoped to have markers and things, but I didn't. And um, I want you to pick one of the verses that is on the green sheet and either go to one of the tables with a tape recorder, get out your iPhone to memorize it, I am. Philippians 4 is on this tape, and whoever wants to memorize it to music can take this tape record, I mean, take the CD player into the other room. But we're going to come up here group by group. Or we're not going to come up here. We're going to stand up group by group. If you've memorized, depending on what verse you've memorized, and we're going to say the verse. And we'll all say it with you because we're going to be reading the green, so you don't have to perform so great. But I want you to pick whatever way you think would help you with memorizing and you and and memorize something no y'all can choose which first okay how are we doing is there a table that'd like to go first great one in the back which one are y'all doing Okay, and would you, <laughs> great, would you all like us, can you all stand up and, and say it, or do you, do you want us to say it with you? Okay, great. Yay! Okay, I'm not real good at this, but I would encourage you all to go ahead and say where it is like they did. Go ahead and say where it is, because there's times that I'm like, Okay, now, now what was that verse about my rock and my redeemer? Now what? So go ahead and say where it is, too. Just do that little bit of effort. So thanks for doing that. Okay, another table. Very good. Very good. Anybody else? I mean, we're going to do all the tables. We'll say it with you if you really need help, but I'd love to see what y'all are doing. That is so great. Okay, how about this table? That is great. Hello. All right. How about this table? Very good. Thank you. Okay, we have two back tables. Go ahead. Great. Oh, sorry. Thank you. <laughs> okay, last table. We can just ditto when they start. Great. Go ahead and ditto it. <laughs> Great. Thank you all. Oh, I missed y'all. Sorry. <laughs> Great. Now you all have left here having some of God's mind in your mind. I am so excited. Okay, we're going on, um, we're going back now to H. I wanted to jump to I, but we're going back to H. I'm going to give you some examples of how I put this into practice this summer. Um, much of last year's school year was deciding where my daughter would go to, to ninth grade. Her school ended in eighth grade, and she had to choose a new high school. And in the fall, I'm a planner, and I was calling different schools to say, okay, if she, if she gets in and she comes here, 
what, what does she need to do this summer? So I gathered all the information ahead of time. And in the winter, as, as various people were, I love that sound. <laughs> I miss that sound. <laughs> Um, in the winter, as people were, you know, does your son want to go to summer camp with us? Da, da, da. And I had to keep saying, we really don't know what our summer's going to look like until we know where my daughter's going to school and, and, and what requirements that's going to take with her transferring and everything. Um, so she decided at spring break that she was going to be going to the, pu- the public school where we live. And she needed to take the summer school course because most of the middle school students took it and she needed to. Um, it would anyway. She needed to take the summer school course, and I talked to three different administrators in the fall, and the winter, and spring. They all said it's offered in June. It has been for the last six years. So we had signed her up tentatively for camp. We changed that. Um, we so then I started slotting in. You know, we canceled. We were going to go take this family trip in June. Canceled that. Added a few days to a family mission trip in July. Started slotting the boys to camp and everything. Then, the last week of um, April, my husband got a letter from a friend of his who's a missionary in India, and his, um, they were going to be here, he and his family were going to be here on furlough, and their housing had fallen through. So the last week of April, my husband asked if we can keep them for eight weeks. <laughs> his friend and his friend's family, and my husband was going to be gone three of those weeks. And I, I, my response was, you've got to be kidding. I mean, I was thinking, sure, we can keep him a week, but he asked for, you know, all eight weeks. I was like, you've got to be kidding. And he said, well, I want you to think, I want you to pray about it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and, um, and then on May 3rd, we find out that that summer school course was going to be offered July instead of June. And, I mean, my head was spinning. I was like, Lord, we, we worked so hard, and people had said that the summer school course was the best thing about trans, um, orientation to a new school. You meet new people. And, you know, I was like, Lord, you know, how can this be? How can this be? And I was dropping her off, when, and off to school, like the day after we found out. And I, and I asked her, I said, please pray for me, because I, I'm, I'm panicked. I mean, I, I'm just spinning. I mean, I know, again, this is not finding out that your child is chronically ill or anything, but, um, and she said, and she said, well, Mom, you know, Philippians 4, it says, don't be anxious about anything. <laughs> I said, yes, but it's not sticking. <laughs> so I went from, I went from dropping her off at school to get my oil changed. So I was in the little, tiny, dirty waiting area of Jiffy Lube. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put this into practice. I'm going to meditate on that scripture. I knew that I wasn't supposed to be this upset. And um, so I went through the scripture. Rejoice in the Lord always. And, and I just spent some time rejoicing. And then the scripture says, and again, I say rejoice. And I'm like, okay, this must be important. Are you in repeat it? So I just spent some time rejoicing. Again, that I have active kids. Again, that we do have a home that can handle another family, you know, that we do have friends that are missionaries. Let your gentleness be known by all men. There's a little book that's called Don't Wrestle, Just Nestle, and it's by Corey Ten Boom. And, it, and just that phrase, of don't wrestle with all this, just nestle with God. Don't be anxious, but with prayer and petition. Okay, Lord, I'm praying. You hear me? I'm praying. <laughs> with thanksgiving. Okay. What, what can I be thankful for? I mean, I can list all the things that are going wrong with this scenario, but what can I be thankful for? Um, make your request to God. Um, 
Okay, so I, I was li- first of all, I was listening up this missionary. I mean, it's my husband's friend. I don't really know the, the why. I, I kind of know the man. I don't know the wife hardly at all or her two daughters. My husband had an optimist, and he, I mean, he just, I, I don't think he had any idea what it would really take on my son who would have to move out of his room for the summer and us to, I mean, this woman doesn't have a driver's license when she's in the United States, and she has a full-time butler at home who cooks for her and gets the kids off to school and gets the kids home from school, and I was, I was like, this, okay, well, I mean, um, but, but what came to me is, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? And, and, and you have been praying that your home would serve, that your home would serve me. And, um, and you, you can put up some boundaries. You can, you can say, okay, here's your area of the refrigerator or, you know, I, I've got to go take, my, you know, I, my son is, we're going to have some of my, friend, my son's friends over today or whatever. And he said, you wanted to serve with your home, so serve. And what a great way to honor your husband. I mean, he would be shocked if you said yes. <laughs> so, um, and as far as summer school, man makes his plans, but the Lord directs his steps. Let it go. And then the next verse says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ. And I can't describe to you the peace that just settled on me. And it was just like, okay, this looks ridiculous to me, but, I, but there's just peace. No longer was I wrestling with it. Um. Now, you know, she didn't get to take that course, but she did take another course um, online this summer. And um, the missionaries, you know, they, they weren't just coming to St. Dallas. They had to meet churches at different places. And so from eight weeks, it went down to three weeks. And then it went to two weeks, and then one week, and then three days. And ultimately, they only came for one afternoon and one evening. <laughs> But I got to honor the Lord and honor my husband by saying, okay, here we go. <laughs> um, okay, so that's one example of me just meditating through the scripture and saying, everything in me says to do it this way and to think about it this way. But I'm going to stand on the promises of the Lord. Okay, that daughter did go to camp. Here's my example number two. That daughter did go to camp. It's a Christian high school camp and it had an excellent reputation. But one night, they decided to take all the girls of the camp to a movie that we would not let her see. (laughs) Um, Side note, um, good people will disagree on what movies are appropriate or not appropriate. My real issue is that the camp gave the parents no choice, and they hardly gave the girls a choice. I mean, they did say, okay, if you or your parents have a problem with this, then come stand on this side of the room, and we'll find something else for you to do tonight. And I was like, that's not much of a choice. (laughs) But it happened. So I was like, okay, it happened. It's out of my control. And we'll talk about it when she gets home. And I was going to wait a few days to talk about it and let her talk about other things. Picked her up at the airport. We were not to the car yet, and she brought it up. And she says, I know you know about this because you always find out about everything. <laughs> and I said, that's because I pray that the Lord will expose you know, when things don't go as we want. And so we were talking about it, and I said, you know, um, there will be other situations where you can't ask my opinion. And frankly, you're getting old enough and spiritually mature enough that this needs to be, your decisions need to be less and less about what will my parents think and more and more about what does God think. I mean, you have, it needs to be about you and God. So you saw the movie. I just read about it. What do you think? You think God was pleased that you saw the movie?